0: You are listening to Empower Me With Aerie. Welcome everyone to Empower Me With Aerie's show. I am Erica Holmes. I go by Queen Aerie because there is royalty on the inside of each and every one of us. The Bible talks about It, it says that we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. I am absolutely honored that you decided to join me today. I don't take it lightly. I'm humbled to come before you and to release the message that God gives me. I pray that today that your life is changed for the better, that you leave better than you came in and that something manifests that you've been praying and asking God for. Today, we're going to be talking about not worrying. Listen, this is an episode that we all can take, you know, some notes on, benefit from, including myself. And so we're gonna dive right in. But before we do that, let's just say a quick prayer and then we'll get to it. So Father, Father, I just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity, for the opportunity to come before your people, the opportunity to literally minister and to release what Holy Spirit is saying during this time, this hour, and this season. Let it be so relevant. Let it literally be an in-season word, Father. Use me for your glory. I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for touching every heart, every spirit every soul that is looking at this, that will look at the message. Let them, Father God, be transformed from the message, Father. Let them be encouraged, Lord do what you do best, Father, in their lives. You know exactly what they need. So we just honor you. We worship you. We welcome you in. Have your way in Jesus' name. So yes, thanks again for um, tuning in. Super excited to release this message because, again, I know that it's going to encourage your life. It's definitely going to encourage my life as we go through um, through the message. And so we're going to be talking about, again, not worrying. And I want to start out um, what better way to start this out than a scripture? Matthew six twenty-five through thirty. It says, "Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor they neither sow nor reap, um, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them." Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So I wanted to start again this this show out with this scripture to let you know that you can make it first and foremost, and also to highlight a few things about worrying. What we must understand is that worrying is not from God. It's not sent from God. It's not by God. Worrying means that you're actually looking at the situation or you're thinking about a past event. And, and it's just replaying in your mind. You're, you're not focusing on the now, but you're thinking about what's happened, what could happen. Worrying doesn't benefit anything. Worrying is an, is an indication that your faith is wavering. Worrying does not put God in the equation, it actually eliminates God. It's literally saying, I'm going to make this situation bigger than God. That's pretty much what it's saying. And so we cannot afford. To word. We cannot afford to be double minded in this hour as the Bible talks about it in James 1 1 through 8. I'm going to read that for you. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without approach and it will be given to him but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubt is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let no man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways and so I wanted to highlight you know, verses six through eight, because we have to ask in faith without doubting. Doubting causes you to become unstable. It's like a tug of war between what God said and what you see externally. You're like, God, I know what you said, but but look at that, you know, and so God, I know what you said, but I feel this. And so um, we have to understand that we cannot allow external Externally, what we see to make us doubt the all majestic, almighty God. Verse eight talks about being double minded, which is literally having two minds or two thoughts or two beliefs that are conflicting with one another. Again, one is from God and one is contrary to what God said for your life. And you're believing both. You're trying to believe both, but you can't do it. It's making you double minded. You can't believe God will come through you for you and that something will happen um, bad in your life at the same time. Again, it it conflicts. It's a conflicting mindset. If you are suffering with double-mindedness, Right now, I declare and decree that today something is going to change for the better. That literally today you're going to be delivered from it and literally you're going to have the faith that you need to break the chains of being double-minded and you're going to begin to believe what God has said about you, period. You have to be in agreement with God's mind, with his word, with his way. And so let your mind be renewed that um, it will help you not worry. Mind renewal can help you refocus, it can remind you of what is important. Again, there's scripture, I love giving scripture, regarding any and everything that I do, because it's something you can write down. It's something you can go back to. You may hear the words that I say. You may forget some of the words, but scripture, hey, it's it's in there. So Romans 12, 2, it talks about the mind renew. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so once you can control or get a hold of your thinking, because literally the mind is so powerful then and how you perceive things you can then know what is good what is acceptable and what is the perfect will of God and also I want you to take the time to write down this next scripture is it's something um, that I use often it's something that I have to use often especially have gone through what I've gone through experiencing trauma Um, trauma can make literally can it can make your mind have battles and so Uh, Philippians 4 and 8 has helped me tremendously, and I want it to help you. Philippians 4 and 8, it tells you to meditate on these things. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue in If there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do. It says these things, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So no matter how hard your thoughts try to distract you or encourage you to worry, guess what, you can control them. You literally have a level of control over your thoughts. You have the power to think things that are pr- uh, true, to think things that are pure, that are good, etc. You can do it, just believe. And so what we have to understand is, um, we have to keep in mind, where is wor- worry rooted? Worry is rooted or attached to fear. Fear can stagnate you. It can cause you to not move due to believing something bad is going to occur. We um, grab a hold of those thoughts and emotions and choose to trust God. You guys, today, if you have been in a, a cycle of worrying for years and are used to thinking of the worst case scenario, regardless of what happens in whatever situation, guess what? It's time for something different. You have to see what worrying has done for your life so far. Guess what? It's done nothing, nothing profitable, and now it's time to step in out on faith and say, hey, I'm going to believe I'm going to do something different. I'm going to actually believe the word of God. I'm going to stick with it. I'm literally going to go forth with what God is saying for my life and I'm going to hope for the best. Sometimes you have to be there. Believe again. Hope again. Do not worry. And so. Worrying is saying that again, God is not big enough. It is saying that God is not strong enough, and and that we all know that that is definitely a lie from the pit of hell. God can do anything except fail, and there's nothing or no one greater than Him. We have to remember that, you guys. And so, um, whatever it is that you have been thinking of that has been causing you, that has been uh, to worry, that has been stressing you out. I want you to uh, to stop and to think. I like to do these exercises a little bit, and I think it's just more so um, <laughs> it's Holy Spirit, but it's also the therapist in me as well. But I want you to stop and to think about it, and then I want you to get an image in your mind right now of God, and I want you to see God as really, 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 real, really big. The the image or the frame of where you're thinking of God in, imagine him being the biggest thing you've ever seen, even bigger. Now, I want you to get that exact thought or exact situation that has been causing you to worry. I want you to take that that thought and I want you to put it in the same frame that God is in. However, I want you to see it as something itty bitty, something really, 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 really small next to God. And then I want you to realize that nothing or no one is more powerful than God. Now, see God take that itty, itty, little bitty thing that you've been worrying about. See God take it. And as you see God take that thing and it's gone, guess what? You don't have to care for it. You don't have to care about that thing. You know why? Because God has it under control. You have to trust him that he is going to make a way. What does 1 Peter 5 and 7 tells us? It says, casting all of our care upon him. Why? For he cares for us. What does cast mean? Dictionary.com, it says, Um, A definition of cast is to throw off or to throw away. God is saying, throw him your cares, cast your cares on him, give it to him. He is big enough. He is great enough to handle it. When you give it to God, what are you saying? You're saying, I no longer own it. I no longer own this worry or this care. You know why? Because I gave it away. I literally gave it away. It's it's you know, it's like it's like a pen. You have a pen and guess what? You give it to somebody. And if I give the pen to somebody, I no longer have it. That is what you do with your cares. Even though it's a simple illustration, we have to literally look at our situations like that. Even though it may be monumental, it may be so big, you may be discouraged. No, remember, God is bigger than that thing. You take that thing and you say, here you go, God, you can have it and let him worry about it. You don't have to figure it all out. You just need to know the one who can figure it out and the, and that's the Lord. And so let's go ahead and read some scripture about this and we will learn what casting our cares on the right one does. And so we're going to read about Elijah and the widow, 1 Kings 17, 8 through 24, um, And then it says, then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, "Arise." And it says, "Go to Zarephath, which belongs to C- uh, Sidon, or Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you." So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, "Please bring me a, a little water in a cup that I may drink." And As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, and please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in, excuse me, and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. It says, "Go and do." It says, "Go and do as." Um, it says, "Go and do as you've said, but make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son." For thus says the Lord God of Israel: The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her, um, and she, and he and her household ate for many days. You guys, that's absolutely powerful. It says the bitter was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which He spoke by Elijah. I want to highlight that when we give uh, God our first, there is a blessing on the whole supply. When we give God our first of whatever it is, there is a blessing literally a principle there's a blessing on the whole supply when we give it to God first we're saying Lord I trust you when we get it to God first we're saying I believe your guidance I believe your instructions I believe that you are the great supplier and giving me back un- and giving um, you are the great supplier and me giving back unto you is a reminder as to who I got it from in the first place we got we have to definitely keep that part in mind So the next story that I want, which is literally all within the same passage, but it talks about what happens next. When we obey God's word, watch what happens. And so Elijah revised the widow's son, same household. So it says, now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my to bring uh, my sin to remembrance and kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself. And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, "O oh Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he was revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in uh, the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. And so you guys, powerful, powerful, powerful passages. We can learn so much from those. But any cares that you have, you have to understand can be resolved by God. God will send someone that has what you need. You have to understand that. And if you think about it, Elijah needed something and the widow needed something. As she met his needs, her needs were met. And so God will place someone in your life that can change the direction of your life for the better and cause blessings to flow upon you instead. See, God cares for you and I. We must believe that today. He will not allow our needs or what's going on to go unnoticed. He will not allow us to die. He will not allow his word to fall to the ground. You do not have to worry. And so your worrying, it could be uh, rooted from disappointments. Your worrying could be from loss. Your worry can be from habit and fear. Whatever the root is, know that the blood of Jesus can break it. The power of the name of Jesus can cause those things to lose its power in your life. Remember who you serve. Remember who remember who you serve and believe in the greater one. And so as first John four and four, it reminds us, it says that you are of God, little children and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And so as I'm writing this, I want, you know, as I'm reading this, I want to let you know that I am here for you by praying and being in agreement that it shall pass. Whatever is is causing you to worry, it shall pass. Whatever has caused the stress shall not overtake your mind in the name of Jesus. You will overcome this and you will walk in joy. Victory is yours, said the Lord. Hold on to this scripture. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious. God is working. And so I want to share this last example with you in the Bible. You guys definitely write these scriptures down. And if you also go on. HSBN's uh hsbn.tv you can take a look at these recorded episodes you'll see the scriptures that are attached as well um but this last this last story i want to share john 11 it talks about the death of lazarus so it says now a certain man was sick lazarus of bethany the town of mary and her sister martha and it says it was that mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him. And it says, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in a place where he was. Go figure. But, I mean, there's a reason. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. He could have stayed 10 days, but but um, he stayed two days. And so the disciples, it doesn't say that, but I'm just saying. So the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you and you are going there again? Jesus answered, are there not tw- uh, 12 hours in, in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if he walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said. And after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps. But I will go and so that I may wake him up. Then the disciple says, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke, Jesus spoke of his death. And they thought that he was speaking about him taking uh, rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am uh, glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. So uh, we're going to skip down. I'm not going to read the whole story, but we're going to skip down and go to verse 23. So Jesus ended up going to Martha and Mary. He ended up going to the scene and to their home. And so it says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who has come into the world. And so we're going to Jump down to uh, 38. Then it says, then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe that um, if you would believe you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound in foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped, was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Listen, you have to understand this so powerful within that passage. Your situation is not unto death, but unto the glory of God. When he said that, I was like, "Woo!" Because it's a reminder that literally all things are going to work together for the good. All things are going to work together for the good. I want to bring this portion of scripture back really quick. James 1, uh, 1 through 3 says, my brother counted all joy when you fall in various trials. It says, knowing the testing of your faith produces patience. See, I wanted to highlight that word patience As a reminder for you and I that God did not forget you. But patience is being worked in you. We have to understand that Jesus is real. Just as he brought Lazarus back, he will do the same for you. When patience is worked in you, shalom can be present. Patience says it may have been years in the same situation, but God is still God. He can change literally um, any moment at any time. Patience is knowing that God will come through for you. I want to define this really quickly. Um, uh, dictionary.com, it has two definitions of patience. One, it says inability or willingness to suppress relentlessness or relentlessness uh, or annoyance when confronted with delay. Or it says quiet, steady perseverance, even tempered care, patience. Pretty much means in um, being able to wait. My question to you is: Are you willing to wait on God, even when you are annoyed, or even when you're confronted with what may seem like delay? We have to learn to be patient because it will not last always. We have to understand that our faith will get us there and it's not the time to worry, but it's the time to trust God, to believe God like never before. We have to persevere and be diligent. You know why? Because God is with you. If God is with you, that means something is going to change. If God is with you, literally things are going to change and work in your favor. As my dad always says you plus God, that's the majority. That means that nothing is bigger or greater or more dominant than God. And so go with God. Stop worrying. Do not worry. God is on his way. Just like he was Jesus on his way to Lazarus, he had received the call. He understood what was going on. He knew the situation, but he was saying, this is going to be to the glory of God. This is going to allow people to believe that God is God, that God is real, that literally there is nothing too hard for God. And it's the same thing in your situation. Um, You guys, that is the same thing in your situation. God is not surprised by what you're going through. He is not surprised by what happened that cause you to worry, but hang in there. I declare and I decree that you will see more of God, that you will hear more of God, that you will believe more in God, that you will literally allow what you've gone through to know God way more and literally allow God to outweigh whatever situation that you are facing because again, he is there. I pray that this message blessed you powerfully. I pray that even if you started the message worrying that right now that you're deciding to change, you're deciding that you're going to choose faith, you're deciding that Double-mindedness is not your portion. You've literally decided that this is the time and the hour for you to see something greater. Believe it because God is with you. I want to give this time uh, very quickly to those who want to uh, be in the body of Christ, who want to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Pray this. uh, Repeat after me. God in heaven. I thank you for loving me so much that you sent your only begotten son to die for me. I ask you now to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and make me new. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and personal Savior. God, I'm ready to live my life for you. I also ask you for your Holy Spirit so that I can continually be led in all truth. I ask you these things and thank you for saving me in Jesus name. Amen. If you said that prayer, welcome to the family of God. The angels are rejoicing. Everyone is rejoicing. They are ready and excited for you. And so I pray again that this message bless you powerfully. Connect with me at www.ericadhomes.com Buy the products you can so a seed toward the broadcasting you guys if you need prayer you could always there's a number on the screen for prayer requests go ahead call that number and, and keep supporting hsbn tv remember to renew your mind it is the gold mine love you guys the preceding program was brought to you by the holy spirit broadcasting network hsbn television Empower me. With airy.